Hello team, it's Pam here from Alt Marketing School. I have a question for you right now and that is what would happen if you could market to hearts and not brains? What would you think would happen if you knew that you could make the world a better place with positive impact marketing but putting purpose and results first? If you want to find out, then come and join us for the Alt Marketing Certification. Our six-week digital bootcamp for professionals who want to do marketing differently and advance their career along the way. Join me and our six incredible teachers to learn how to advance your career with confidence by applying effective systems and frameworks to the latest trends. The next cohort is coming up soon, so I would love to have you join us. And all you have to do is apply to join at altmarketingschool.com slash learn. Go to altmarketingschool.com slash learn to apply for the next cohort of All Marketing School certification. Hey, legendary human. Yes, I'm talking to you. Love the show? Why not joining hundreds of creatives already part of our collective for monthly masterminds, challenges, masterclasses, and so much more? We help creatives make a positive impact in the world with their message and their content. So give your creative work the visibility that it deserves. Find out more about how to get involved in the show notes of this episode. I need some downtime while I work just to kind of recharge my creative battery. Because otherwise, uh, if I literally... I've tried it before, just literally pushing through and rushing through. But the content just doesn't get the kind of quality that you want. Hi team, Fab here. I wanted to spend a few seconds at the beginning of this episode just to thank you. Thank you for downloading our pilot. Thank you for sharing the love about our first episode and then obviously Amy's episode but also Pip's episode. I really hope you enjoyed both of them and thank you so much for joining us in this journey. I've been doing this for wow, eight years now and this is my third podcast which I might talk about at some point. Uh, what I learned from doing different podcasts and so on but yeah it's 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 very rewarding and it makes me really happy to see that you want this because I know it's a saturated market I know there are gazillions of podcasts I listen to gazillions myself and you still deciding to subscribe means the world to me so thank you thank you thank you thank you now you will be relieved to know that you're not going to hear just my voice today oh no 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 Today we're having super fun um, because today I decided to do something special. This week is the, the launch price of our new course called Content Mastery is ending. So I thought why not giving you an idea what Content Mastery is by sharing with you this week and next week two uh, interviews that are part of uh, the content itself where the whole team discusses together a couple of topics related to content giving you examples, what we've learned, and other little tips. Uh, therefore, for the next two weeks, you'll be able to hear uh, the three of us again together, chatting and discussing different topics. This week, in uh, almost like celebrating my guest, which is the gorgeous Romy, uh, an incredibly funny Romy, by the way, just in case you don't follow her yet, you will realise she's really funny, and I would recommend you just watching her stories, and obviously just making friends even, because she's 
great fun. Um, so yeah, Romy, love you. Um, but before Romy, there's a bit of a chat with me, Santa, and Amy, obviously. And we're going to talk about using your camera versus using your phone when it comes to photography. This is okay, as I said, part of our content mastery course, which is dropping on the 16th of September, if you're listening to this. And you will find more info about that at uh, www.howbloggerscommunity.com. You go on the courses and you'll be able to see it there. So if you go to HBC, you'll be able to find more info about the content mastery course. And this is an extra. This is actually one of the interviews recorded that are included in the course. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. And please let me know if you have any more questions when it comes to content. We we'll love to introduce that, especially because we continuously develop our courses. So if there's something that we're not covering, there's something that you're interested in, please let me know. But the course is six weeks and it covers everything from creating and defining your style, basics of photography, there's a module on food photography, there's a module on lifestyle, um, people photography, which again is just lifestyle and modelling, and the product uh, photography, and then there's one other module about um, top motion and videos, and a module on editing, which is one of my favourite things. So again, there's a lot, but we're always open to see how can we help you the best. So first and foremost, enjoy my little chat with Samantha and Amy from the team. After that, we're going to dive straight into the chat with the lovely Romy, who is going to be talking about her experience as a freelance content creator, being a blogger, who's been doing this for a long, long time, and she shares the whole journey that took her where she is today. Very excited, very insightful. All right, guys, let's get going. versus your phone. So we're going to have a little quick um, different points of view, different people sort of interview, chat and hopefully we'll get in some ideas for everybody because I think different people use different tools so we might as well talk about it together. So I'm Fab. I'm Samantha. I'm Amy. Let's get started ladies. So <laughs> woohoo. Uh, which one is your favourite tool between the two if you could decide any first? Um, mine would definitely be a camera. Um, although I did up until last October, so I've had my Instagram for like a few months. I was using a phone um, because the phones you can get nowadays are so good. Um, but I definitely think the quality is like better on a camera, and it's more enjoyable. The whole experience is more enjoyable. Yeah, I I mean I've only ever used a camera. I don't think I've ever shared or maybe one or two pictures on my Instagram from a phone. But I'm also very old school with my phone, yeah. <laughs> so I don't have any of those like fancy things that the lovely new phones have because yeah. it's just a portrait mode. Yeah, it's a portrait mode. Yeah, I mean, I can't adjust any settings. I know some of them now are almost as good as cameras that you can yeah. adjust all the kind of settings and stuff. But yeah, I go for camera only um, yeah. and always have. Awesome. I am probably the opposite. Uh, mainly phone, not because I don't have a camera because mm-hmm. I have a camera. I'm currently using that right now. <laughs> a little like inception there. Um, but I found that because a lot of my pictures are less about food and more about lifestyle or either me or products that I'm using or stuff that I'm using in my hands. It just happens that I use my phone a lot yeah, these mm-hmm. days. 
and I just find it easier. Even if I started with a camera way back when, we go back to my 10 years, I always took pictures with cameras, always use stuff on, um, on my laptop to edit, and now I use Lightroom Mobile to edit most of the stuff over mm -hmm. any other um, editing app, even if I mention a few in this course as well. I just find it easy. The portrait mode was what changed it. At first yeah. time, I did my camera all the time, so I'll say in a second. Uh, I used my old phone, I didn't have it. So it's for mainly for uh, iPhones. Nevertheless, some phones that are not iPhones have better cameras with better mm -hmm. sort of focus yeah. kind of like yeah, adjusting. So a, a similar thing to a portrait mode would be anything that allows you to really work on the focus in a very mm -hmm. natural way. Yeah. So, just that blur. Yeah. Yeah. so it doesn't just blur the background, you actually blur the smiley and then you can kind of slightly edit it afterwards as well. Mm -hmm. So it has that kind of almost like raw feeling that you will have a raw file, is the file, the image file that you have. Um, so yeah, a lot of different uh, phones allow you to do that. There are other brands, I suppose. The iPhone has introduced a portrait mode in the last and the one before the last phone. Mm -hmm. And yeah, since then I've only done photos with my phone because it's just mm -hmm. easier. Yeah, I would say on that note, I still do the very occasional one if I'm doing restaurant or cafe reviews, um, mm -hmm. which I do every now and then. And if I don't want to be taking my camera around with me, I will mm -hmm. use my phone because I do have that portrait mode. Yeah. Um, I then still will edit them in Lightroom, um, as you said. And yeah, they do work really well. Mm -hmm. I'm just I wouldn't want to sh put my whole feed on based on that, yeah. but yeah, there is a time and place for my phone still. And I think it's important to understand that it depends on kind of what you want to do as well. If you're out and about all the time, maybe you need a different camera than like a mm -hmm. bigger camera. If you're more travel, maybe you need something that's yeah. smaller and waterproof. I think there's a place for both. I know mm -hmm. food bloggers that literally only use their phone. I'm not saying yeah. it's the right thing. Yeah. Them. I think it depends on who you work with as well. Like if I work with restaurants and brands, if I went to a restaurant and whipped yeah, out my yeah. phone to do like a professional photography shoot, that like that would yeah, really it wouldn't like work. So yeah, I think it depends if you want to kind of take pictures of the food that you're eating frequently. I mean, I just take photos of food, which is what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, if you're out mm -hmm. and about, like going to a cafe or a restaurant or something like that, then you might want to take a photo that way. Yeah, but yeah, working in a professional sense with brands, oh, definitely, it, it's always a camera. And I would say also there's a place for any of those when it comes to like just saying it doesn't matter what you use, like I think that the raw picture, the picture that you get out first, yeah. has to be good enough quality that regardless of where you took it, yeah. you can edit it easily. Yeah, and yeah. making sense. Yeah. yeah. Because I think sometimes that kind of thing like because you don't you don't understand setting up a camera, yeah. because your phone is not good enough or whatever, take a picture that is not maybe the highest potential and you try and fix that. Yeah. Yeah, whereas if it's a lot easier to edit an already good picture, yeah, um, just to tweak it, and definitely that's something that on a phone, if you get a good one to start with, then you can make it look a lot better, yeah. um, just making sure you're getting a good one to start. That's the thing, I think, understanding your settings for everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. if you really understand how your phone works and how you can get a good photo with a phone, you might actually get a better photo with a phone than you would a camera. Yeah. And vice versa, if you understand your camera better, then you're going to be able to get better photos. So, I think knowing about settings and like taking time yeah. to understand that is really important. And I guess also just understanding whatever device you're using, really understanding your device, because we have yeah. some analysis similar cameras, but it's still different. Obviously yours are probably yeah. the alarm, I think mine is a bridge, so there's an in-between the two. And just understanding the basics, maybe there's like the, there's some of them are like the preset ones, mm -hmm. I don't use them as much, but I know my manual, I know a couple of the ones that are still half manual, I know very well my video one, because it's easier for me to do videos. Just whatever you're using, really understanding the full power because yeah. they're all different. 
How much um, gear, we talk about gear obviously a bit as well, but what are kind of some of the tools that you use a lot? Because I have a couple that I use on my phone, I think it will be interesting to talk about those two. They really can help you with just photography on the phone. But are there any that you also use in general, whether it's your phone or your camera, that you kind of live by at the moment? What kind of settings wise or um, like actual equipment, equipment wise? Okay. Um, so equipment wise, I will always use the camera obviously first, but then I'll always have something to bounce the light back into a scene. I think that's number one. And that doesn't need to be, um, it's called a reflector, it doesn't need to be a reflector brought online that's specific to photography. It can be a piece of um, like tin foil over some cardboard. Oh, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. You know, it can be white foam board, which is, this is what I use most often, it's just a piece of white foam board from a craft shop. And you just put it on the opposite side of your light so that you're bouncing the light back into that scene so you've got a nice kind of even light across it. That's the one thing I think really improves any photo really, just making sure that that light is even. And have you got anything yourself? Yeah. Um, oh gosh, I definitely, I really enjoyed learning to use my tripod a bit more. Yeah. Um, and it's something that I, because it obviously takes time to set up, so you have to be really invested in that mm. photo shoot. Um, but I think it really has, like, really transformed some of my pictures, especially kind of like straight on ones, being able to get it really steady so you can then alter the other settings. Um, yeah, I've really enjoyed doing that as well. And I've done a couple of stop motions, having it kind of angled down, mm -hmm. so you actually get, get to keep the light and get to kind of stop the shake. Um, so yeah, it's just an old tripod. My dad had it in the garage. It's probably oh, like 30 yeah. years old, it's probably older than me. Um, <laughs> but I think that's really helped. And also the cable, having like mm -hmm. a, a shutter cable oh, yes. makes the camera, like, again, yeah. life-changing. Yeah, I do agree. Yeah. Actually, there is a phone that connects to the camera element, which we oh, talk yeah. about in the stop motion, which is super handy, which is the remote shutter from your phone, mm -hmm. which you can do with some Wi-Fi cameras, and that's been so helpful. Not that I do many stop motions anymore, unless we do ourselves, yeah. but um, I do enjoy them, so maybe I'll do some more again, just mm -hmm. for my own sake, because they're fun for me. Even mm -hmm. not for just stop motion, but like if, you, if your camera is really high up above a scene, you either have to climb up to see it or angle the kind of screen yeah. towards you to see it. So if you can't see your screen, it's great to have something else that you can see. And also time. taking pictures of yourself. I'll talk more yeah, about photography, taking pictures of people, including yourself, mm -hmm. uh, in the lifestyle section, because I think it's essential to talk about this because so many of us want to include that. And again, you don't have always your boyfriend or your best friend or your mom to take pictures of you. Mm -hmm. And also... Or a very well-trained dog. <laughs> Very well trained. I don't know. Yeah. Well, Where does she keep it? <laughs> we don't want to know. But uh, so if you don't have the dog, um, that can really help. Because I was going to say actually a tripod for your phone is really handy when you're taking mm -hmm. pictures. But realistically speaking, I find having the tripod for my camera, which I have, and then using the phone to take a picture of me helps me. One, I can see what I look like without having to do the um, flips. I can mm -hmm. flip the screen. But also I can just take the picture without having to do the literally running, bang, yeah. timer, and then yeah. like, because I do loads, and yeah, realistically sure. speaking, we all know it, I mm. mean, you did some pictures of me, and I've done loads of myself, and others actually as well, you need to have so many shots before you get one that you like, Yeah. just like you would do with pictures, yeah. with food yeah. and stuff, yeah. so if you don't have the extra control of seeing what you're doing, mm. you kind of have to, or again, being able to say, I oh, know this is not right, I'm going to stop, because the timer goes off, so definitely my favourite tool is the connection you can have between the phone and the camera because yeah. it saves you so much time. Mm -hmm. I think So at the end of the day, this was kind of like a little chat and I just wanted us to give a bit of an idea 
of and you're gonna go through more elements when it comes to your camera and your phone and I'm gonna try and cover different tools and equipment we're gonna talk about basics of setting and stuff as well you might have seen already in this module but just for you to understand there's a place for the different for the different tools and there are different ways that you can make the most of them yeah but I think one of the key things for me was definitely learn how to use whichever yeah. tool you mm -hmm. want to use throughout the course yeah yeah I just don't let the equipment that you've got stop you from doing it. If you've got a passion and you want to be taking photos, don't wait until you've got a camera. Just start with your phone. And yeah, you know, there's so much you can do with the equipment you've already got. Mm -hmm. And then you can kind of work out as you get better and better. So, yeah, don't not do it because you haven't got the right equipment. Yeah. Thank you, guys. And we'll see you again in the next lesson. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. remember once I had when it comes to podcast ones I, I tried because I did two before this one um, and I tried with like the setting and like the proper interview questions and it just it just sucked my soul dry because I was just like because it, it stunted and then yeah. somebody says something really cool and because they've already prepared the questions and the answers if they feel that they're not really comfortable with it they're going to try and follow that that flow and I'm like no 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 but you said something awesome and I want to say it um, and I think that's what I've seen. Podcasts used to be a lot more like that. I don't know what kind of podcast you listen to right to now. To edit it, yeah. Um, do you listen to a lot of the conversational ones, or is it more of a yeah, mix? Yeah, well, I, I listen to the Mustards a lot, which is very conversational. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. Um, you know that she was at the Umph event? I the, saw, the, the, the I saw it afterwards. I was and like, I saw, damn, why did I come so late? And I saw her, I didn't want, it's kind of funny, it's like, not an Instagram starstruck, but I was like, I know you from Instagram, but I never talked to you, probably I would never. Should I say hi? So I didn't in the end. I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I so would have said hi. <laughs> but I, I literally, I got there at 8.30. Everybody had, there was one person there just like still packing up and then saying <laughs> bye leaving and then I came. <laughs> but it says until 10. So I do appreciate that when it comes yeah. to like, it's I mean, one nobody of Nobody stays until 10 no. events, no. But I think it's kind of people that are not used to seeing how kind of the events work and how things work. A lot of the time, I don't know, you go to probably more than I do anyway. Because um, now I'll just say no a lot more. But um, same, same, okay. <laughs> same. Okay. But like a blogger event or an influencer event, it's just like you have to have a bit of incentive to go. Like if you don't know anybody, if you don't know the brand, if you don't exactly. know the PR and stuff like that, I think unless you're really young and you're really like you know excitable about things, it's really unlikely that you're yeah. gonna go. It's just it is valuable time that you're gonna spend out. Exactly. Well. And now that I, I don't work in London anymore, I literally have to travel from home to get there an hour. And spent there an hour or two, travelled an hour back. It's half a day gone for nothing, <laughs> literally. I mean, it, it depends on the event. I do I do go every now and then, but it's like um, either I know the brand I know the, or I know the people working there or I know somebody else who's going or it's just a really exciting topic. Yeah. But lots of the events just kind of don't fit that criteria. So, yeah. Or I have multiple events on the same day that I can walk to. <laughs> I do that as well. It's kind of like this staggering kind of thing yeah. as well. When it's like, because remember you used to go to a lot as well. When when I was in Shoreditch and we met, uh, probably almost like a year ago now, and you were talking to me and you were going like to a like a restaurant review and stuff like that. Yeah. And I think it's different when you're closer and then if you go further away. Um, but also again when you get busier, because I think, and you are realistically speaking, like on this season of the podcast, there's going to be a lot of brands or I also experts and stuff there's going to be a couple of influencers that are mainly influencers because mm. I think it's good to have both conversations obviously um, but I think a lot of the time we talk about I don't know I don't listen to a lot 
to be very frank, of influencer-based podcasts talking to bloggers and influencers as much. Mm -hmm. But I think a lot of the conversation is about like you or about topics and stuff. But a lot of people don't really know what's actually the life of somebody who has, you know, the freelancer side of it like you, but also the influencer side. You kind of assume mm -hmm. that people just go like to free events all the time. It's the only bit you see, so. <laughs> exactly. exactly. And, and that is like, and that there's no preparation or there is kind of like, you know, you just go and roll in it. It's like, no, yeah, you have to take time out of your life, out yeah. of your friends, out of work. You start, as well. you start realizing how short days actually are and how much you need to reevaluate <laughs> your time. So, that's was, what happens. That's what happens. So. I was talking to somebody yesterday and it was kind of an interesting conversation about, uh, you know, how, how long can you go saying, um, you know, I'm going to pay my rent with a free dress. I'm going to pay my rent with a, a barbecue grill, which we're looking at right now. Beautiful <laughs> barbecue grill. Thank you, Oomph. I have one as well. But is that kind of thing where you're kind of like yeah. asking yourself, because um, for you exactly. especially, your time is the most valuable thing because yeah. you mainly produce content. Yeah. So that is the thing for you as yeah. well. It's very, it's very time intense as well. And I feel if I just keep, if I know, I have, okay, I'm going to work for eight hours now. And if I just, <coughs> sorry, if I just push through, that doesn't work with creativity so I need some downtime while I work just to kind of recharge my creative battery because otherwise uh, if I literally I've tried it before just literally pushing through and rushing through but the content just doesn't get the kind of quality that you want so eight hours doesn't mean that I'm running up and down eight hours <laughs> so people just don't see that part of it so you kind of need to get your head around what you're doing creatively as well and come up with ideas and Especially when you're working visually to, to know what you're going to do next and how you're going to put the things together and how it's going to look and what kind of works together. So it takes a lot of thinking, not just physical work. <laughs> I think as a content creator, you're not just... Because that's the thing, the influencer and content creator is kind of like which one is which, the chicken and the egg sort of thing. Mm. Um, and I know that you kind of like plowed through slowly in my book. And I think at the beginning I talk about... <laughs> I just remember the stories as well. But at the beginning, I do talk a lot about what influencers are or what mm -hmm. an influencer is. And realistically speaking, the influencer is just the byproduct of being able to um, uh, help people's decision. Influence, that's the word, duh. Influence <laughs> people's decision, obviously, uh, when it comes to behaviors and, and choices also in what they're buying and stuff. So that's not necessarily what you do. And that's, I think, where people get it wrong. Some, of, some influencers are objectively more public figures yeah. where they're just endorsing stuff. But most of them are actually either having other jobs or like you are more on the content creation side. Yeah. So there is actually an element of um, some creation, but some influencers, realistically speaking, are more teachers or speakers or researchers and they add extra stuff. And some of them are more creatives. And so mm -hmm. you can't put everybody in the same box, I think. Exactly. That's one of the struggles as well. Some people yeah. are experts because they're professionals, especially in this field, health and wellness. But some people are just creative, creatives. And as you say, and I really value what you said, um, it has to be like you would have treated like a, I don't know, a writer or an artist in the 1900s. You wouldn't see them painting all day. They would paint in the morning. Exactly. How would you do that? And it's a conversation exactly. that I think is hard to have. Um, how do you think that works with brands as well? How, how do you make, because you work a lot with brands as well. Yeah. How do you make those kind of adjustments? So within the deadlines or the communication and stuff to make it also work around you? Um, well, one thing I've realized since I've gone freelance is I always kind of thought something was wrong with me because I couldn't be creative, like, on the spot. Uh -huh. um, until I realized this is just simply not how I work. 
Um, so everyone that I work with now, they know they need to ask me some questions and ask me for some ideas and then I'll step away from it and the ideas will just come automatically. And that can be like in the weirdest times. Unfortunately, sometimes it's in the middle of the night when I wake up. <laughs> and that starts, I had it this morning. I literally had video ideas and video scripts in my head that I just had to write down as soon as I got up. Um, it's, it's a bit crazy sometimes. But um, luckily, the brands that I work with are very flexible. And they do understand that, you know, they can't just ask me for a master idea within five minutes. I have to literally think about it, discuss, ask a couple of questions, go back. And then the ideas just automatically come which is um, which is quite helpful um, with the time hour. So I, I work freelance basically on a daily on a daily base. So um, meaning like when I work with brands, it's not that I work for like five brands within one day. I book them daily. Yeah, okay, um, it just makes more sense for me, and then I'm in the mindset to work for that kind of brand and don't have to switch between two many different things because it just helps me really focus on something and do one thing well rather than trying to do 20 things at a time I think it's also one thing where I realized that I work better this way and can create better quality um and yeah so I usually kind of book all of my dates weeks in advance usually two three weeks in advance so I already know when I'm going to work for who um some brands that I work for every month they just come back automatically and they just ask me to already book the next month um so that works quite well. And I make sure to not book photo shoots, for example, five days a week. Yeah. Um, like I don't, I, I stopped doing photo shoots on the weekend. I used to do that when I was still working full time because I kind of, kind of had to. Yeah. Just to make it work and get to the point where I could, you know, go freelance. But um, I realize I need, I need downtime and I can't be shooting every day of the week. Also, I'm not living alone in this flat. I kind of need to... Let my partner have his <laughs> have his home <laughs> on the weekend as well to just chill out and not have somebody running around cooking and photographing. Um, so yeah, that's working really well, and I'm yeah, I really make sure that if I, for example, have two shoot days in a row, that I have the day after off. Yeah. Not 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 only just to recharge my batteries, but only just because I know like what if I'm really knackered after this shoot and I just can't finish to edit and I need to get it done the next morning then I know then I always know like oh yeah this is like kind of safe space to kind of fall onto that I can you know calmly edit and recharge my batteries and then get back to doing something creative again so yeah it's all about balancing that basically and balancing your schedule and being I mean not everybody works the same way as I work but for me I had to learn how to be realistic yeah. with myself yeah. and how to understand how I work best and to understand that just pushing through everything is not how I work best so because otherwise you set the expectations for, for example, the brands or the clients or whatever. And then if you set that expectation, it's something that I talk about a lot of, for example, replying really quickly to all emails, then people will expect that from you. And you can't mm. really blame them because they're expecting that from you because you did it in the first place. Yeah, if you create exactly. the boundaries, people will understand that and might be a bit... First of all, if somebody really doesn't like your boundaries, then it's probably not the right fit for you. Yeah, exactly. Um, but and then if they do, they're like, okay, great. And then... You know, if you take two days to edit a shoe, obviously it's kind of expected. But if you can take the two days and you take one instead, it means that maybe the other day you can chill a bit more. Exactly. I'd rather I'd rather under promise and over deliver. That's just and as you just said it with the emails as well. I'm actually doing like a really um, cheeky thing. I have an app that's connected to my Gmail that lets me send emails later. So yeah, I know you can do it directly with Gmail though. Oh, can you? Oh, that's handy. I didn't know that. I had like an app installed on my Google Chrome Boomerang. that does that for me. 
or something Oh, that's else. really good. I need to have a look into that. So Boomerang was one of the ones that I used to use. Uh, no, now um, it was for the Gmail birthday. Happy birthday to Gmail. <laughs> and they were like, we're going to give you scheduling too. It's like I was talking actually to Sam, Samantha from the HBC, from the team. Yeah. And she was like, why did this person email me at midnight? And I was like, and, you know, and the, Amy, again, from the HBC, Amy was like, maybe they had this great idea they just wanted to tell you. And I was like, you can still cheat on Gmail and schedule it for the more, <laughs> even if you're writing at midnight. I mean, babes, you do whatever you want. But just, you know, if you schedule it, it just looks like you were not there at midnight. Yeah. Because um, it sets an expectation or, you know, people expecting exactly. more. Uh, but yeah, you can do it automatically now. So look into that. If you take it out, you have to take out the scheduling app otherwise it's going because it overrides it yeah yeah but then yeah. it's just, well, just I, need that, I need to have a look into it it's just less of I, an app <laughs> i hate having emails in my in my inbox i just hate it i just as soon as something's in there i just want to get rid of it <laughs> so sometimes okay. i respond to emails really quickly but i don't actually want them to send so quickly yeah i see that because then people expect me to always be available and to always like respond really quickly and sometimes like i've had um brands that i worked with before that um, were like I had fixed days that I worked for, and then they were asking me work-related things on days that I wasn't working. So I didn't want to. I, I did respond to them once or twice, but then they kind of seemed to expect me to be yeah. available. So I then started literally. I think this is why I looked into getting this app. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, started scheduling the emails to go out on the morning where I actually worked for them. It's fair, Just to though. kind of set that because you know that they're going to reply straight away. Then there's yeah. no point. Yeah, again. Yeah, and the more the quicker you respond to emails, the quicker your inbox fills again. Exactly. So, and most emails that you get that don't need to be responded to right away. So I just like you know schedule them for another time. I actually have a question related, not related to this, but kind of like similar, which is how do you deal? It's different because again, I, I, I'm just kind of thinking about the reason why I'm asking because I was thinking for us, also for my personal one is a minefield because then I get questions about the HBC on mine and then the HBC questions mm-hmm. on Instagram is like bloody customer service, which I appreciate, but we're trying to direct people to email or actually email mainly. But what I'm asking you is as well, for us is more because a lot of our customers, I suppose, are bloggers or younger people and kind of even even our professionals you would expect them to send you an email they still eat, message you everywhere they can how do you find a balance with that because you know with the email you have the scheduling and stuff but how do you create the boundaries when it comes to the social both for i suppose brands and clients but also just for like the influx of comments and messages and stuff that you might get from just followers and people is you find a way you just kind of like reply to everything everywhere and stuff because yeah. I find that can be just can get messy at least that's it, it for can, us it can yeah um I think I I don't have the perfect way of dealing with that yet but I'm working on that because especially I realize that when I wake up in the morning and I have my phone lying next to my bed it stresses me out automatically and I get anxious um so I'm I'm training myself on not leaving my phone next to my bed at the moment um it does work. <laughs> the only two issues I have is like one alarm. I was going to say, do you use as an alarm? Um, it depends. I do have a d- different alarm clock, but it's, it's really weird. Sometimes it rings, sometimes it doesn't. So um, yeah, it's not very trustworthy. Uh, especially not if I have to get up earlier for something specific. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and also, um, I, I, lis- I listen to Harry Potter audiobooks when I go to sleep. Otherwise, I can't fall asleep. That's a and I've got this on my phone. Um, but I'm, I'm currently, I'm actually thinking of just getting a second Alexa just to, just for the bedroom, just to read me my my audiobooks. 
Just so they have everything eliminated. And Alexa in every single room. In the bathroom. <laughs> it, sound, it sounds like very 2019. <laughs> uh, but at the moment, I'm actually using my old phone and I've deleted all social apps oh, from smart. Um, and I, I kind of start realizing that it, in the beginning, like, I don't know whether you've seen my latest YouTube video about going without electricity for 24 hours. Oh, no, I saw them. I was so... I saw the story, though. I was it. so anxious when I woke thing. up in the morning because my brain just kept going to my phone. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, I just yeah. couldn't use my phone because I was going without electricity for 24 hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just, it just made me feel so uncomfortable. And I was literally so... So restless and so anxious internally, and that really scared me. I think that was one of the things where I really realised shit. Like how, like I just said shit. Sorry, it's all right. Oh, I think I said bloody and fuck at some point, so it's all right, guys. All right, um, yeah. Just so it really showed me like how subconsciously addicted I am to my phone and to responding and looking at messages. It's, it's not just to entertain me and just to look at it. I just kept worrying that there might be messages that I need to get back to. Yeah. Or that there might be people that are expecting a response from me. And it's yeah, just yeah. crazy to think like that when, like, 15 years ago, nobody worried about these kind of things. So, um, I mean, at the moment, what I'm doing, well, that's one thing, like, leaving my phone outside the bedroom. Um, and then I try to kind of have certain times where I look after social media messages so yes. that I don't look at them whenever they pop up. Well, pop up is another thing. Like I've turned off most notifications so that I don't, I'm not reactive when it comes to social media, but I can actively choose mm-hmm. to go on there yeah. and then look so that I'm not just, you know, getting awesome. distracted every time, every time it buzzes from something. <laughs> so I think one of the only things I have notifications on is WhatsApp yeah, I'm the same, but not for all of the groups, for example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some group chats are the bane of my life. <laughs> Probably <laughs> <Yeah>. everyone's. <laughs> yes, yeah, like, nope, nope, You nope, still nope. need them, though. <laughs> that's the thing. And that's why I'm like, yeah, muting. Okay, guys. It doesn't emerge, especially for our house one, because we have a big, currently, at least when we're recording, probably not when this goes out, but I live in a massive building right now, and there's 80 of us. So you can imagine there's a lot of messages, yeah. and I'm like, anybody is in serious danger, I'm not going to be the person that's going to save them. Because <laughs> I don't <laughs> get that. You know, it's funny that, that you say that. I I was thinking about it because I, I've been quite good, actually. Always been quite good, especially since Amy started GHBC and I handed it over. Probably since Samantha was the one that did social for us first, but Amy's mm-hmm. a natural for that, so it's, that's why she's done it now. And I just handed it over to her, so I only have to care about my stuff a bit, even if my personal assistant... Yes, I got an assistant last month. I'm so, seriously, I feel like an yeah, adult. Upgrade. It's more because she does just a couple of hours a week, but it makes such a difference because I'm yeah. slowly delegating. And not having to take care of that, the social, especially like the kind of notification style stuff mm. or the little like inquiries about things I speak in. Now I'm getting a lot of speaking requests and I just send it to her. And then if I, if I don't know the person, if I know them, I might say yes and that's it. If it's something that's a bit more complicated and it helps... Because realistically speaking, the thing that I want to do the most is creating a bit like you. Yeah. I'm thinking my creator at heart. I also like to teach and educate people. So I, those two, everybody has a couple of sides. Mine are both really strong. So it's a bit like, eh. But if I don't create for a while, I get angsty. So maybe less than, for example, the you. Because like, if creativity is your main thing, it's different. Mm. But I need to. And for me, creating comes in different ways. But my favorite is writing, obviously. And also kind of like devising things like videos or series or podcasts i love this kind of stuff and um actually i realized that my i don't know if you've done the exercise ever of writing down what you do and how much time you spend 
that side of social notification and stuff. That's where most of my time was going. And I couldn't write and I was like, I just don't have the time to write. But because in the morning, instead of blocking that time, all the notification emails, things, questions slept through the cracks. Mm. And so those will take up my most productive time. Yeah, because it is the morning for me, realistically speaking. Like one thing I've been trying out recently as well, which also kind of relates to to the whole like you know taking extra time just to look after notifications and yeah, stuff. Yeah. I think it's called like the the chicken. It's the pomodoro, it's the pomodoro <laughs> technique, is it? Yeah, and, <laughs> and I and the chicken. It, uh, <laughs> it is the chicken no, syndrome. It is, it is record, It's called chicken something in America, and yeah. it's because most of the kitchen timers. I have like it, yeah. That's why it's called the Pomodoro Technique, though somewhere else because it's like a little Pomodoro timer. Yeah, yeah. And it, well, in America, I guess because they mostly use it for cooking eggs. That's why it's called chicken something. But I can't, I can't remember the full name. You mean anymore. the twenty-four minute time slots? Um, well, not necessarily those time slots, but I um, literally just set myself a time that I want to work on a task. And if you, like, I for example, I we've spoken about this before. I I struggle with writing because mm-hmm. I am more of a visual person. Yeah, and I do like writing once I get into it, but my struggle is starting yeah. and finding the starting point. But if I say to myself, like, okay, I've got 20 minutes now to start this article, then within that 20 minutes, because it's it's not, you know, if you set yourself three hours, you might just procrastinate half of yes. the time. <laughs> because it's so much time. But when you have 20 minutes, you know, I have to start doing something now. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then once you get in it, then it's actually fine. And then sometimes the alarm goes off and then I just, you know, set another 20 minutes. And within that time, I don't look at my phone. I don't do anything else. I just do that one thing. How, how is it working? It is working all right. I'm still finding like a good balance of kind of judging like time-wise also. Like, okay, how much time do I want to put on this? How much time do I want to put on this? Because I realize if I set aside too long of a time frame for something. Yeah. I get sidetracked within that time. Which is fair enough. You need to learn what um, works for you anyway. And if I only set aside like 20 minutes for something that takes an hour and a half. It's not going to work either. Yeah, then I'd have to keep setting the alarm. I was like, well, well, technically I could have just, you know, set like an hour and a half. Um, but yeah, if, if you set too long of a time frame, for me, it just doesn't create enough urgency for me to do it. Fair enough. Fair enough. So yeah, it, it's been working all right. It's been working all right. I'm still, I'm still like, some tasks I'm using it, some days I'm using it. I also have days um, where I just... I have catch-up days in between where I, you know, just catch up on, on emails, notifications, admin. anything. Yeah, admin, anything that needs to be edited or something like this. Or anything that I want to do that is not on my to-do list. Yes. Like my client to-do list. Um, I do that on those days. And sometimes I don't like to be so strict and force myself to focus on something. And I just enjoy having a day every now and then where I can just let my brain roam freely and just do whatever is in front of me, whatever I feel like doing at that moment. And I guess things come up those days as well. Yeah, like the creativity comes up in the, in the most weird and wonderful ways. Yeah. How do you, that's actually probably a question related to that. How do you then nurture your creativity? Is it like literally waking up at midnight and finding something or is it more like you'll do something or you are in a specific place? I'll explain why, I'll explain what I do afterwards. But I was wondering if you had something or like again, a, a setting or... Actually, I might say what I do first because that might help you think <laughs> it. Um, I like to walk a lot. So I'm going to walk back actually from your flat all the way where I'm going because it's about an hour. And I'm probably one of those annoying people on their phone, but I'm writing on my phone. I have an app and I just mm. write on the phone. And sometimes I go to Richmond Park when I'm in Richmond and I walk around all the park and write. And in about two hours, I get five articles done. Uh, That's really good. Again, I think writing is very just productive. <laughs> at the same time. It's the thing that I love the most. So yeah. it comes natural to me. It's like talking. Yeah. 
that's for me, I know that's the best thing. So I know that first of all, I get more ideas whilst I'm writing. Mm-hmm. And I get also time to read my medium where I get loads of ideas from other articles. So that is, for example, my ideal scenario mm-hmm. for my creativity to come out. Do you have anything like that? I've got a couple of things. Um, but it's one of those things where it's like when you don't know what kicks off your creativity, you can't just take on what somebody else is doing and hope that works for you. Yes. It's all about trial and error because everybody is kind of different. Everybody's creativity works a bit different. So um, a couple of things that work for me. Like The first thing is to not force my creativity, to literally just let go of trying to force ideas out of my head and just... Do something completely different. Yeah, good. That's and good usually it kind of recharges my battery. And then I, when I when I sit down after that and then try to get ideas out, I kind of have the feeling they're flowing much easier. Yeah. Um, that's one thing. And what I like doing also is like being completely like offline, you know, phone away, TV, everything off, just no distractions and just having a sheet of paper in front of me. And then just start writing down ideas that come to my head. And then sometimes like some ideas I follow up on and then I have more ideas coming coming yeah. into that, that topic and it just all come, kind of comes to to life and um, you kind of sometimes end up with like pages full of really weird notes that probably nobody understands <laughs> <laughs> and arrows loads of and arrows and sometimes the weird thing is sometimes I, I put these notes aside I, I put them into like little folders yeah cute just if I could get back to them if I ever you know need ideas or anything like this but I hardly ever look at them anymore afterwards because if I get on an idea that is like so exciting for me that I want to do it it's in my head after I do that exactly if not yeah because I think that's the problem I think we're idea people from the sound of what you're saying I'm an idea person and team hates me for that not hates me they love it <laughs> but it's good because like Sam especially they're both like, the ones that are going to be like fab just, just don't <laughs> no um, but I, that's why I question them and I'm like I have this idea what do you think guys beforehand it was really hard for me but it's different because um, it's a kind of different proposition we have different products and services for you usually it can be something related to yeah. some of your schedule like content creation but I find that being idea people the, the culprit is what um, you just said which is having too many ideas and starting them all because mm. you know which ones you're really excited about that's yeah. a really good way to do it I've seen so many people doing the same way when you have ideas and just write it down what you don't come back to it means probably just grey but yeah, not necessarily I mean, it's, it's, it's great to be an idea person but it's also exhausting because I, I, I've been getting so anxious yeah. over wanting to create so much more than I actually physically have time for yeah and then it's really frustrating when there is like a thousand things you want to do, but you can only do ten. <laughs> I so, know, I know. <laughs> More people! And I, I hate having to decide and like putting like things aside. And it's the same with books, you know. I, I, I get so over excited about wanting to read more and wanting to read books. And then I go on holiday taking like five books with me and I don't even finish one. <laughs> So I just can't. I just, I just find it difficult to decide where to put my focus sometimes with Fair these enough. kind of things when I have so many ideas like going on sometimes. But yeah, it's 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 definitely like an up and down stream as well. There's sometimes sometimes weeks where I don't get any good ideas, so it's not something that you can really like force or push. So when I have these kind of this kind of outflowing of ideas, I just try to capture it. Yes, just for the times where I don't have as much going on. Fair and also, like, even the little ideas. Like, I sometimes come up with ideas for my clients while I'm doing something completely different, and I'll just write it down or 
yeah, just pop it somewhere so I can get back to it when it gets relevant again. Yeah, that's that's so very true. Just make, it, the, you make the most of those outflows. <laughs> is it mainly on paper or is it also on different? Um, mostly on paper. I mean, I do have like, um, you know, on, on Pinterest, I do have like some boards where I can catch ideas or on Instagram where like on the collections, same collections. Yeah, I have some collections with ideas for clients. Like stuff, just things that I've seen that I've found cool that I thought we could kind of implement in a different way. Um, yeah, just to kind of... Funny thing is, though, I often save stuff like this, even all my screenshots to my phone as well, to like a folder. Um, I hardly ever look back at it, though. Yeah, that's the funny thing, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's, of... it's just kind of calming to know it's there. <laughs> <laughs> and then at some point you're like, no. Nah. <laughs> but you know what? I did a similar thing. I don't think... Oh, yeah, I wrote it down, actually. Ish. I wrote down for the podcast, and then we recorded it. Because last year, a year ago, we asked you guys, actually. Remember, you're one of the ones that voted, so thanks. We want to start something, would it be a video or an audio, what would you prefer? And you remember you said audio. That's, I just remember your little face came up, ping, in the pool. Um, it's like, because nobody needs to see this beautiful face. <laughs> like, hello? And I was like, okay, we're going to do it. And then we didn't do it because there wasn't time. my voice is sexier than me, you know. <laughs> hello. hello, my name is Rumi. Hi. <laughs> you can be a very calming kind of like... Today we're doing this podcast. Somebody told me I had a really sexy voice, a really really calming, sexy voice on um, Instagram a couple of months ago. And I was like, what? That's cute. <laughs> Mine is piercing, but I think it helps people. I was like, okay. But then people just said every single time I did a podcast ages ago, they said that they loved it. And I was like, okay. I really like... Also, when I was two or three people interviewed me last year for the book, I was like, I really like those episodes. They're really good. And I was like... I enjoy doing, I enjoy talking to people. I enjoy to, especially people I know. That's the thing that you'll see in this podcast. So from a couple of people that I, I spoke to once or twice, mm. most of them I know a bit, at least I've had a couple of meetings with or a couple of things with. Because realistically speaking to me is the most important thing. I love talking to strangers, but then if it bombs, <laughs> you're just like, uh, you know, don't know what to do. So I'm like, yeah. no, if I'm going to talk to somebody, because then you manage to kind of like have a very interesting conversation and bring things up because realistically speaking uh people like some clickbaity things don't get me wrong like oh how can i turn into a freelancer from a full-time job and it's all interesting stuff but it's just like you said about the creativity or um the time blocking you can tell your story and it's totally fine but also need people need to remember that it worked for you because Mm. of the you know the background and i wanted actually to talk about that now because that's the thing you see now romy romy the content creator the photographer videos um YouTube, loads of stuff. But realistically speaking, I know your background. And uh, and also know that we are a bit more seasoned. We're not 18 anymore. Gorgeous. We're gorgeous. We're youthful. But, you know, we have had the experience that people yeah. don't realize sometimes as well. You had the marketing, a lot of marketing experience. And then you were talking to me that you just did Amazon customer service. I didn't know. But, you know, a lot of these things help. You know, it's yeah. all life experience and stuff like that. And I think it's kind of like... You know, we know where you are now, at least I know, and people that listen, some of them might actually follow you and know who you are. But I'm wondering, what do you think of all the jobs, all the things that you've done, a couple of things that you think really helped to kind of like, you know, making the jump? Uh, kind of like, you know, little skills or experiences actually, okay, thanks to those, I think now I'm, I know better about this and this and this. Um, well, one thing that I can say, like, just overall about yeah. all of the jobs that I've done in the past is I feel that no job that you ever do is is wasted because yes. you take something from every job. And it, sometimes it's just the smallest thing. Sometimes it's just learning more about yourself that yes. you take from these jobs. Um, so, as, as I said earlier, like, my first job in the UK was actually working for an Amazon customer service. <laughs> 
Um, but from that, I really learned not to take it as seriously if people shout at me over the phone. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> not that that ever happens, but um, yeah, it's just kind of what that taught me, for example, is just kind of like how to talk to people and yeah. how to how to read people's moods and voices and the th- kind of just just being a bit more understanding of other people's emotional situation and these kind of things so that's what I learned from that and it comes in handy like every day (laughs) nowadays so it's just uh it's just it's just really helpful I mean obviously in the last few years um I like after I worked at Amazon like finally I was made redundant from my jobs three times in a row so it kind of sounds like I had a lot of jobs but it was just because my 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 department apartment (laughs) (laughs) my my department was closed every time i was like love it (laughs) i mean for me it was good like literally um so i worked at amazon customer services for a year and a half and i kind of felt i got stuck there towards the end because i was just too lazy to find something else yeah yeah and um i was trying to do photography on the side back then wasn't working very well um just like you know photographing nights working days in the office very exhausting um and I was just too tired to kind of motivate myself to to find another job um so it was good that that happened with the redundancy because it kind of made me find another job um like I, I worked for insurance for half a year um which is also super random but <laughs> it taught me some important uh life lessons because now I do understand how insurance is work <laughs> which is good I that, I, that's I'm important um <laughs> Yeah, like some insurance and some legal bits and bobs. So it was only six months. Um, funnily, on the first day I started there, I was told that the office will close in six months. So I had a similar thing as well. Start. So yeah, I had a similar thing as yeah. well. And then I worked for another tech company. Um, doing like a tra- like I always liked to whenever when I worked at Amazon already, I was kind of going towards the training direction because I like to show people how to do things or yeah. show people something that i i was an expert in and just teach other people how to become an expert in it yeah um i just always kind of liked that so that's kind of the direction i went in and then i worked for a tech company and i don't know the longer i worked there the job was fine the people were really nice i really loved the team there um but i really realized that this was not 100 percent where i wanted to go and i always kind of felt like I had tried the whole creative bit with doing my photography on the side. It hadn't worked, so I needed to find an alternative. And yeah. I always thought, like, okay, I'm just going to have to... I just can't do what I want to do. I'm just going to have to adjust, and I'm just going to have to change how I work just to fit into something else and yeah. make that work. Um, and in every job that I've been in, I've never been 100% happy. It was the first couple of weeks, and mine's always exciting because you're learning something new. But once you get to that point where it was just getting repetitive... It was just wasn't my thing. It just yeah. wasn't my thing at all. And I, I I really realized that I needed a little bit more changeable things in my diary, in my everyday, okay. to kind of, yeah, to kind of be happy in what I do and to kind of feel fulfilled in what I do. And then, because I was always a little bit on the creative th- uh, side, I then thought like, hey, you know, I started my blog by then okay. um, already. So I started, you know, going into into the whole food area and going to lots of food shows and making connections to brands, making connections to other people. And then I realized, you know what, I would really love to work for a brand. I would really love to work in marketing. Yeah. Just to kind of, because it has something creative. 
Yeah. I mean, it's it's both analytical and creative and there's so many sides to marketing. I, I guess people kind of underestimate sometimes what it means to work in marketing. Yes, um, I agree. So I, when, when that department was made redundant, I said to myself, like, I'm going to stop bullshitting myself. Now, I'm not going to go for another job that... I can do, but I don't really want to do. Yeah, I'll find something that you. So I want to do something that I really want, and I set myself, and it was like I'm not going to accept anything else. And I, I was kind of scared because I was like, well, I need to find, I need to find a job. (laughs) So so somebody's got to pay the bills. Um, But I think just because I had that mindset that I really wanted to do that, you just kind of start approaching things in a much in a much different way when you go like to job interviews and stuff. Um, I did, oh, I did so many online courses just to kind of, you know, get more knowledge, learn more things. Um, in the weeks after we were taught that the department was going to close and, um, yeah, I had a couple of interviews for marketing positions, but most of them came back to me and just said, well, you don't have any experience working for another brand okay. um, or like working for an agency or anything like this. So um, the only experience that I had was my was my blog basically, and the work that I'd done through that. And then obviously I had the I had a photographer degree, so that kind of helped towards it. So I kind of knew okay, I can't go for any like you know big marketing roles, which I wasn't expecting anyways. But yeah, I, it yeah, made, yeah. made me really realize okay, I'm going to have to go for like an assistant marketing assistant kind of kind of role. Um, and then I had my um, job interview with Mr. Organic yeah. two years ago. And it's quite funny, actually, when I look back at it. I still I still speak with um, the owner about it. Because <laughs> um, I felt my interview was really crap. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just, it was just, it just felt really weird. It was not a typical job interview. Yeah. But it's because he's from a very creative background as well. So he didn't ask these typical kind of questions. Um, but... Yeah, I think I think the one thing that got me the job is, and he asked me to write something. Mm-hmm. He asked me to write a page about mayonnaise. Mayonnaise, mayonnaise, love it. And that was the briefing. Nothing else. Love it. Just I had to write a page about mayonnaise. <laughs> Were you vegan um, at the time or not? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, well, they do vegan mayonnaise. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah, and I just. I just sat there and I was just staring at this computer screen that I was typing. I was like, hmm. And then I like it. I had this idea booked in my mind and I just put it to paper and yeah. he really liked it. And I think that's what got me the job in the end. Love it. Right <laughs> <down there. laughs> so, yeah, it's like, it's like from every, from every job that I've had over these years, I've always taken something from it. On the one hand, of course, skills and knowledge, but on the other hand, also knowing more about myself, understanding that I... I really wanted to work in a job where I can be more flexible and where I can be, um, where every day kind of looks a bit different. Yeah. Or where you do different tasks rather than doing the same thing all over again. Um, and then, yeah, while I was, I was working there um, for a year and a half in total as well. I kind of realized as well that I wanted to do my own thing. Yeah. And I realized that probably the whole time, it wasn't just the issue that I worked in a job that wasn't a hundred percent what I wanted to do. I think one of the issues was also that I just didn't want to work for somebody else. Yeah. Which is a, it's a big thing when you realize that's it, the thing. It You're sounds like, mm. so bad. Like when you say this to somebody uh, or when you talk to an employer, basically they're mm. going like, okay, what? Like, but I feel just from my mindset, I'm just this kind of person. I like to do my own thing and yeah. I like to, I like to make my own decisions rather than having somebody else make 
decisions for me and just putting a to-do list in front yeah. of me. Well, we were talking about it when you said that at the end, when you gave your, your um, resignation and then you were giving you less stuff to do, which usually happens at some point, mm. there can be less stuff to do and you're like bored to your tits. You're like, uh, <laughs> what am I going to do now? I remember my mom actually um, talking on that kind of like, she didn't say that I'm unemployable because it's a lie. I was a great employee, especially when I worked in Nando's. Just like you said about Amazon, my first proper job was at Nando's in the UK. So, you know, um, it was great. I'm great at working with people and for people. I just do too much, which is usually the problem that you get bored. But I remember my mum said when I started my own thing, and it was now six years ago, and she was like... I just can't see you working with somebody else because I am super active. I do too many things. I can feel my... It's just, it's not who I am. So, um, again, the team says, I'll say that also I'm a good manager, but because I learned how to be a good manager, Mm -hmm. you're not born as a good manager, I think, because you need to learn how to listen, how to communicate, how to Mm -hmm. brief people. But some people necessarily don't want to be managing other people, but they don't want to be managed either because it's just, whichever reason, boredom or like lack of... Pushing is a big one. If you feel that you can only push yourself and other people cannot do it the same mm. way, you know, you're always going to be an unhappy employee, even if you're in the best company in the world. That's what I find. And I remember my mum was like, don't take it the wrong way, but you can't work for anybody. You just need to do your own thing. I can see that. And she, I mean, she knows me better, so she could see that. Mm. Um, <laughs> but that's what I find. There are so many reasons why people are quote unquote unemployable. Yeah. And um, it always sounds like such a negative thing. Right? I know, right? It's like, Ugh! Doesn't mean that I always pe- thought I was in the wrong because I had this feeling in, in like I always I always um, used to think that I would love to work for myself. That was yeah. always my thing in the back of my head. It's like, oh, if I could choose. Um... <laughs> I'm trying to pour water without me. Okay, guys, there's going to be water poured. She's not sitting on the loo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I can do it subtly, but realistically speaking, hydration, kids, is good for you. Keep hydrated. Please, please, please continue. <laughs> Proceed. <laughs> I think I kind of lost my train of thought. Oh, mm. What was I talking about again? <laughs> you felt you were in the wrong. So, so many thoughts in my head at one point. <laughs> That's um, no, but you felt you were in the wrong. Because... Yeah, I always kind of had in the back of my head that I would love to work for myself one day. Mm-hmm. But I, I never thought that I could do it so soon. Yeah. Um, or I never really thought like, oh yeah, that it's possible for me to take the steps now. I just always kind of thought like, oh yeah, one day... Some time far away in the future, I get to the point where it just happens. Yeah. And then I realized I was unhappy in my job and I got to make it happen if I want it to happen. It's not like it's just going to magically happen to me. And the entire time that I was working for somebody else, I always thought something was wrong with me. Yeah. Why I always felt like, like I couldn't like, not like fit in is not the right word, but that I just kind of couldn't adapt Fair enough. Okay, I can see that. I get what you're talking about. Because I could adapt for a shorter time period, but it's kind of like you're pretending not to be yourself. Yeah, 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 pretending yeah. Pretending to be somebody. You can do that for a short period of time, but you can't do that forever. Yeah, at some point. It's going to crazy at some point. Because so. you need to bring your A game all the time. And one of the things that I say again in the book, but it's because I said it a lot, actually, um, is that realistically speaking, money can motivate you so much. You, know, you have to have a bigger reason to do what you do in everything, whether you're working for yourself or somebody else. Um, so it's that kind of thing, you know, that bigger reason is the one that keeps you motivated. And if it's not laying where you're working at some point, it's going to, it's going to click. So for some people clicks literally when they are very old and they're like, kind of like taking counts of their lives and stuff. For mm. most people or some people actually 
comes much earlier and you can't really lie once you see that you can't lie to yourself anymore you're like yeah. okay hey what am i gonna do here yeah actually one more point before i ask our last question this point i'm actually turning to another 10 minutes but i think it's an important point as well so we said that everybody's employable quote unquote i'm doing quotation marks but um also i think we're a bit quotation marks older than other people and a lot of younger people now are starting just jumping into freelance marketing, freelance uh, content, which I endorse as well. Mm. But I'm also the first person that is going to sit somebody down, especially if they come to me and they want to get mentoring and coaching. And I'm like, mate, this is what's going to look like. Are you really ready for this? You really want to do this? And I think it's a really good conversation to have as well from somebody um, who, who is on this side, just like I am, and kind of like, you know, a scene in this flourishing business, which is great. There's space for everybody, but I don't want... I want to have a conversation about whether people should really feel like they have to do that. And that actually is not as easy as it sounds. Does it make sense? Yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, it has to do with like, everybody is different. I mean, I've said this a couple of times already, but I also know a couple of people that I spoke to and they were like, oh, if I work from home, I go crazy. I just need to go and have people around me. Yeah. And I I always thought I was that person. And now that I work for myself, I love being home alone and working in silence and not having anybody near me. Um, which I never thought I was that person. So it's quite interesting um, to find out. But um, yeah, so I know that there's a big trend. And I think this is where a lot of jobs will move to in the future. At least, yeah. at least I mean, we're in London. It's different when you're somewhere like in a village, you know. Um, no, for sure. Yeah, like if I if I talk to my my parents about this, it's like my mom finds this like absolutely uh Same with my same with my mom. She's just, like well, so that's just this crazy idea. She's like, How do you make money? Even what my do you friends do all day? in Italy, even my friends in Italy, some of them not as much, but some of them are like Yeah. I'll, who pays you? <laughs> For what? Yeah. Whenever I, whenever I go to Germany as well and meet people or meet new people then they ask me oh what do you work and I'll try to explain it and they all kind of oh my god that is so amazing that's so... and I don't, I don't actually know how to respond to these kind of reactions anymore because <laughs> it's like um, uh, uh, yeah well it's, it's, it's great I don't, I don't know <laughs> I don't even know how to respond anymore because you have the same conversation over and over again but um, one of the things sorry on that note yeah. um, would you say because I just kind of thought about something would you say that as you say, everybody's different and also there's a trend right now. Mm. But do you think this is something that will need to change? As in, to me, I might kind of try and feed you into this, but <laughs> I think there has to be basically some trainings. There has to be a way for people to kind of learn a bit better how to be, if they want to be the freelancers, if they want to be a business and want mm. to take the extra leap where you actually become a creation of products and stuff, there will have something will have to change, whether it's actually the whole education system, whether it's, because the workplace changes, it's fine, but then there's a gap. Not everybody that has done Instagram for their own taking selfies knows how to run a marketing campaign. Yeah, yeah. There has to be a bit of a step. And you said that you did your own training. It doesn't matter if it's an online course, as long as it's something that really is sound and has mm. good framework, it can work. But I'm kind of wondering on that note, but you're saying there's a trend. You know, I think there's still something missing yeah. there. Is, is yeah. it only me seeing that? Um, well, obviously with the whole marketing area, like I, I, I see lots of people wanting to do marketing jobs and literally, as you just said, the only experience they have is just, you know, posting their own photos. Uh, you don't have marketing experience proper unless you've worked for somebody else. Cause that's where you really start digging deep and understanding how to build a brand basically rather than just posting. Cause it's a big responsibility. If you are it doing is. as a freelance, uh, social media manager. Yeah. 
for clients at some point they want to expect KPIs, aka key performance indicators, yeah. or return of investment. If you don't know how to show them, yeah, yeah, you yeah. cannot expect them to spoon feed you all the time. Exactly, and exactly. So it's not like, especially when you work as a social media manager, yeah, um, you're not just a person that does tasks. You have to use your brain and come up with strategies, and then for strategies, you kind of need a little bit of experience. Yeah setting up strategies and trying out different things in order to know what works and what doesn't work so this is the kind of thing that you can only get through through working that area um i mean i I don't think that everybody will move like freelance in the future in this kind of area but i i also feel it's a bit down to the employer yes um because i i was not happy with my employment situation so i realized i wanted to work for myself but maybe if if it had been a bit more flexible. Yes, yes. So I, agree. I, I feel most places, especially in the creative area, they need to be more flexible. 100%. And when they are like, you know, from the previous generation where they don't know these kind of things, or like my mom, for example, if, if my mom would ever run a business, she would probably also have like fixed hours. Everybody has to be there on time. And yeah, yeah, from this yeah. until this time, they have to do this and that. And it's just, it's just not flexible and not adaptive to people's lives. I agree. I agree. Um, yeah, you kind of yeah, yeah. You kind of need to be able to adjust a bit more. And I recently read a really good book um called Do Less by Kate Northrup. I don't know whether you know. Oh, yeah, I know Kate from way back when she was doing money stuff. Yeah, she it was, used to do money stuff. Uh Do Less is I think it's her latest book. Yeah, it um, is. I'm I'm listening to the money book at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> then that one was a good one. I think it still is a bit of a beginner one, just a little yeah. a, a side note about this kind of stuff. Uh if you like that, then ask me because I recommend you a couple of really good yeah. next level money books. That is a good starter point. But yeah, I haven't Just read that one though. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't read that one though. Is that good? No, she talks about um, how the way that society has built up how work works yeah. is not actually the way how in evolution the human mind works. True. And it's very I counterproductive. I agree. In that way. And she also explains a lot about like the female cycle and the male cycle and how different they are and mm-hmm. how... All the way how jobs and work are set up is all aligned with the male cycle. Yeah, I can see that. And I do realise that every now and then I do have days where I just don't have energy. Yeah, I know, as a woman. Because I'm freelance, I can kind of, I can kind of like, you know, plan around that. Yeah. But if I wasn't freelance, I would be forced to go to work and just sit it through and just push through. And it's, yeah... I've, I've done this with the girls as well. So people don't know actually how the HPC works. It's like, how many people? Are... There's three of us still. So. Um, three and little minions. Three, three little minions, actually. Well, <laughs> definitely Sam is a little minion. Um, <laughs> Amy, uh, but the thing is, like, they are very flexible. Amy is even more flexible because she does the social. So sometimes mm-hmm. she works like, today she works three, three hours and stuff. So to me, it's more about task focused. Obviously, yeah. let's try and fit the eight hours within you know, if you do three days, let's try and fit that kind of amount of time. Obviously, if we um have everything done and stuff, there's a bit more flexibility with that. But both is on targets and also the flexibility of choosing when they work. So some wanted to go part-time and I said yes. Uh, and we worked together for, towards that. And then she said, can I do these three days because it makes more sense? And I was like, we try it. If it works, then why not? Yeah. As you said, people adjust the boundaries. The brands knew when she was on and when she's not on, it works fine. But to me, it's more fulfilling. One, they are doing their own stuff as well, so it's mm-hmm. great for them. Two, it means that they enjoy staying and working with me for exactly. longer, which means I don't have to change people all the time. Three, they might stay around for God knows how long because the, the more efficient they are, the more we can adjust things 
around them. It's good for you because they are happy and they get more work done and they're more motivated to to do things as well. And when you have a when you have an employer that is more flexible and that is happy to adjust things to how they work best for you, you're more willing to also go the extra mile. Exactly. And they're freelancers both as well. So that's the thing. That's why I do agree with the trend. And they're freelancers Mm -hmm. for me, but they're still employed by me because it's a contractor employment so there's a bit more flexibility for me as well because realistically speaking I don't need that and I probably wouldn't want anybody full-time anymore anyway because I want us to be a very lean company that can work and flit and fit things around and I want us to do less just like Kate said (laughs) make magical Kate Northrop but it's true I want to be able to do less and I want to focus also my stuff a bit more but I want the HPC still to grow so it's kind of finding that sweet spot and as you said The sooner you realize that as a company, as a brand, as an employer, the sooner you're going to get right people working for you. And it kind of, I think it also motivates, um, you know, again, this is me speaking as somebody who used to do social media, also a bit freelancing. As a freelancer, social media manager or person or whatever, or even a content creator, you might be able to give me some pointers on that. But you're better off working for four clients that pay you really well and maybe extra things than working for 20. Oh, yeah. And working an hour for each. If you can work like two days a week on one thing, or maybe one day a week on one thing, you feel more stable, more secure. There's more things rolling mm. over, but you still do your things as well. Yeah. And it's that kind of relationship. And that's a good way also to think as a content creator, or well, you're now mainly creating content, but to learn more because you can experience more and experiment more. Um, I don't know if you've seen that because you said something that I think is really important. You do work with some people regularly. Mm-hmm. And it's a big thing, I think, for somebody who creates content because it's even different. Because you need, you know, it's not like, again, social media needs to be done every week or every month or whatever. Content, you have to, you know, you almost have to suggest a schedule. So yeah. I don't know how, is it something you learned since the beginning because you already had some people you were in contact with? Or you just decided to start and build a bit of a client roster for yourself? Well, like one of the lucky, well, I would say lucky things that um, have happened to me, like through doing the blog and through going to so many shows and being in touch with brands, I already met so many people in that realm yeah but you know when you're already freelance and you're going to these events with the goal to make new contacts and to network I think I think the kind of connection always feels a bit forced yeah fair enough because like you just want something from them yeah yeah yeah. so because I didn't go to these events from that point of view I just went because you know I was was a blogger I was interested exactly I just wanted to try out new things um, and made contacts that way that when I went freelance or when I decided to go freelance, remember it was, it was a bit crazy. I, I decided to go freelance a year ago. I yeah, actually, I remember you told me, didn't you? Tomorrow, one year ago, <laughs> I, I handed in my notice. <laughs> for free, freelanceary. Freeversary. tomorrow? I've actually got my London anniversary today. I moved to London seven and years lo- ago. Happy Londonversary. <laughs> so much to celebrate. Anniversary. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, continue. Um, <laughs> So I actually, I actually decided to go for or make the decision. Oh, this is it. I'm just going to do it. At, at a point where I didn't actually make enough money to live off. Yeah, my finance market. It's a good, it's a good thing to say because it happens to most of yeah. us. It happened to me. And I also, I mean, you need to be realistic. I was, I was so realistic about it that I said, I really want to do it, and I'm willing to work hard for it. And I know that I'm going to have to do like long hours, and I know that I'm going to have to do a lot of work. And then um, I had a I had a three months notice period, which is obviously quite long. So within that time, I was already one thing. I just told everyone. I yeah. told everyone that I spoke to, everyone that I was in contact with, before brands that I've worked with, people that I met at events. I told them that this is what I'm doing. Yeah. So everybody was aware of it. 
Yeah. And it was in a, in a natural kind of way where, you know, I met them at events. I've already met them before and I just kind of, you know, taught them. Yeah. Oh, you know, oh, you know, I'm leaving. Oh, this is what I'm doing. Oh, this is what I want to do. And this is what I want to work in. Um, and that already kind of helped just to put you on people's horizon, basically, for yes. these kind of things. Because... Yeah, because you're not asking for work. Like, I've, I, I've been lucky, again, um, that since I've gone freelance, I've never had to search for work. That's good. And I, I know, like, I don't want people to be unrealistic about this. Because <laughs> yeah, but... mostly, most people will have to search for work. And the only reason why this worked for me is because I'd already done all of that groundwork. Yeah, I mean. But without intending for that to be the groundwork for what I'm doing now. But it's good that you so... say that because I've some people will be like, OMG, you just literally woke yeah. up. No, it was like years and years of you going around and just yeah. talking to people and having your blog. three years and... of doing work. Yeah, and that's fair enough. But... but that's the thing. So it's not necessarily luck. It's just like, yeah. it's, I guess, like it's a good combination of things. Yeah, necessarily. it is. It is. And as I said as well, one thing that I really feel that why that worked well is because you know so many people talk about the importance of networking nowadays but i kind of find networking events a bit cringy because it always feels kind of like forced like oh yeah you just want to make contacts to know you to get more work or to but that's why a lot of the time it's just nice to be able to go with a friend to an event or like go somewhere yeah. and then kind of like have a natural conversation yeah, just with naturally people. meet each other and not instantly kind of like push what you're doing on them or kind of ask them yeah to work together because that is a bit that's a bit i don't know um i have one more question for you one more question which I kind of like, I hinted at, so you might have had time to think. The first, a couple you said of people I had time to think, but you know, I was still of... sitting here like, crap, what am I going to answer now? A couple of people didn't tell them, so they were like, Urgh. but um, the question is, the famous question, if you had to have brunch with somebody dead or alive, who would they be? And why? They be? <laughs> I mean, I could, I could, I could um, do the whole sad answer and say like, oh, I would have to like have brunch with my grandparents. Um, but no, I don't want to end this this podcast on like a sad, soppy <laughs> note. Um, I think I would love to have brunch with Elvis during his good years. Yeah, I was gonna say like <laughs> peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like it's kind of I absolutely love his music. Yeah, and. I have this weird thing in my head where I kind of feel like I was born in the wrong decade. And he was hot. He was hot. Wait, in his good day. years. In his good, oh yeah, so, so. Is, yeah, I always yeah, think you have to add that in. <laughs> in the good years. In his early years. Um, yeah. No, I kind of, I don't know, I just find him a really interesting, interesting person, especially at that time, because nowadays there are so many celebrities and so many artists, so many singers it's quite a saturated market and you don't get these kind of superstars anymore. Like yeah. back then, this was like a completely out of the way thing that happened to him or that he made happen with his career, basically. And I just, I just find that really interesting. And also I would just kind of, I would probably force him just to sing these songs while we're having brunch. <laughs> he, he would not get a bite, so. <laughs> I, want, I would like to see what he ordered. Because if that's the yeah. early days before the peanut butter and jelly story, that would be... <laughs> sandwiches he probably would have looked at an avocado being like completely it's like what what the heck why are you guys have avocados and kombucha (laughs) (laughs) but no that's a very very good answer thank you so much Romy for being with us it was it was lovely to have you and lovely to chat with you thank you bye 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 it's good that we're stopping I need a loo Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Make an Impact Show. For more info on the HBC, head to our socials at hbloggers.com or go to our website, healthbloggerscommunity.com. Now, get out there and be awesome.